0: and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 197. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And talking,
1: and talking, and talking, and talking, and, 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 also talking. Talking. and so much talking. Mm-hmm.
0: So what, what do you think, Chuck, would happen if we were to get a bunch of people who like to talk about motorcycles? Like it's so much that they've talked about motorcycles for literally almost a thousand episodes between all of the people involved,
1: and put them in a room and made them talk motorcycles. <sighs> we probably talk about pizza. Seems likely. I'm hungry. Pizza sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Do you have any pizza? Mm, let's go get and, some.
0: And like that, you've lost me. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go get some pizza, and in the meantime, we'll let our listeners enjoy the motorcycle roundtable that we put together with a bunch of the other motorcycle podcasts.
1: Okay, so we are on in our podcaster roundtable with James from The Pace, Joanne from Motorific, also the gear chick. Ted from Motorcycle no. Men. Ted from Motorcycle Men and uh steve from uh cafe racer and liza from motorcycles and misfits hey everybody are you ready to
0: save the motorcycle industry one podcast at a time i am Uh, only if they listen to us do they listen to us no (laughs) some some people
1: the people who need to be (laughs) listening to us although actually
0: that brings up i have a working theory about this how many of the people here listen to have podcasts in their in their phone which include most of the other motorcycle podcasts here I, I, I do, I do. Yeah,
2: I don't even listen to my own podcast. So.
0: <laughs> I was just, I was wondering how many of the motorcycle podcast listeners are actually other motorcycle podcast makers. I, I <laughs> do listen. I don't. Oh,
2: I'm terrible. I listen I'm to terrible. true crime
0: and Joanne. You're, paranormal stuff. you're supposed to listen to them at work, and people will be like, and "Hey, they pay cool, you for that? Hey, cool person at Revzilla, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm <laughs> listening to podcasts. Have you considered motorcycle
3: podcasts? <laughs>
2: While I'm talking to you about helmets, how do I do that?
3: You no. can do it a smooth. Say, uh, you have to slip them your podcast business card. <laughs> or our podcast business pretty card, pretty as, as yeah. the case may be.
4: Right. So so Todd, what you're what you're suggesting is that we we all have the same seven listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Each other. You, we have
1: five. I know we have all head. seen the same emails from some of the same people. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> Okay. Does everybody have Quentin and Ken? Uh huh. Yeah, Are we and only Ken. Ken. Yeah. Ken? Yeah, yeah. And Steve. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Steve Moore. Yeah, we've got Bug like B. five frequent. Mike. No, we don't B. have one of those. No. No.
1: John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John. Yeah. John. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if they find out that a bunch of us will be in Vegas for the AIM show all at once, that's going to be, uh, we're going to get stalked, aren't we? Okay, so, so joking about how few listeners we have in our big podcast dollars brings up kind of the topic I wanted to talk about this week. Yes. The, uh, the zeitgeist, the internet zeitgeist, which is never wrong, says that the motorcycle industry is, uh, is in a decline
1: right now. Um, yeah, there was the article a couple weeks back that everyone saw that basically said, we're doomed. Doom. Horrible doom. <laughs> and we should all find no. new hobbies. Not yet. No,
2: that's stupid.
0: No thanks. But everybody here is holding on. So, so let me let me open it up. So let's start with the question: Is the motorcycle industry in a decline right now? Yes, no? Why not? Well, I mean, that's just the simple the right?
2: Yeah. Right, but not in the world. Yeah. Right, like Triumph sales are way up around the world. Same with everyone else. It's just we suck. Clearly, we suck. Somehow. Yeah, let's limit
1: the discussion to America because. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. The rest right. of the world is cooler than us right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? Like Harley, Nosedive, and dude, when the stock market dropped, that was <coughs> right? That made things way worse. With a bunch of the big brands, their their value just plummeted, right?
5: Yeah, so, well, I think Harley is kind of an anomaly in and of itself, yeah. just because of the amount of money that oh. they require for a floor plan, but Right after I talked to Liza about this, because I I didn't really see that article right away, we had a meeting at the local KTM Husky dealer. We're hosting a movie premiere with them, and the guys from there said that their sales have been flat, and they were trying to do whatever they could to bring people in. So if I'm hearing it from a local dealer... Uh, you know, it's probably filtering out to everyone at this point. What about accessory sales, Joanne? I mean, have you guys seen a, a decrease in sales through Revzilla as well?
2: Uh, I want to say that the most recent uh, whatever published um, numbers sales for yeah. I th- I think if you Google, you'll see like in the last six months or so, maybe the last announcements. Uh, uh, year-over-year, Revzilla revenues, I believe, just based on those, are up. Um, Revzilla is an anomaly, I, but I honestly can't speak on their behalf because that's not my repertoire. Um, but I, just based on what's available is out there, Revzilla is doing just fine. Um, I think, you know, Revzilla is just an anomaly as well.
1: You know, you guys know, everyone knows what's up they're, they're a pretty big gorilla in
2: the room. Um, yeah. So I think the, sure. I, I mean, because, right, the only numbers that are really, like, definitive and that you can get data are new bike sales, right? So all this gloom and doom, is, isn't it all basically based on what bike sales the brands announce and you know, what the brands report? It doesn't necessarily indicate the number of people riding, right? An increase or decrease that's, no
1: that's true but there's also like we we could pick up some other anal, anecdotal stories like we were talking last week about Todd's Todd is a motorcycle coach and in his company of motorcycle mm-hmm. coaches there's like four yeah. of them under 40 yep yeah and none are any under 30 Paris might be yeah maybe yeah
2: well, there's also right the statistic or the story that less pe- young people are driving, right? Isn't that a thing too, Farless? To that, right? Far less teenagers are driving because they don't have to, right? They don't even a Lyft, yeah, they don't care.
3: Let me comment on that. I, I right? you guys are going to have some fun here. I, I drive for Lyft and Uber on the side mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. with your Harley?
3: Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, oh my geez, I can tell you now, this is a. I'm going to throw some statistics at you. 65% uh, 5% of people who use Lyft and Uber are under 34 years old. See,
2: bingo. You, right. Why, yeah, why drive when you have.
3: Everybody people. that I drive, I 50% of these people don't own cars.
2: Why? You don't need one. There's no well, well, one. Where are you
3: located? Are you I'm, in a big city? I'm, I'm, I'm in New Jersey. Hmm. So. And like I said, all these young kids that get in my car—they don't drive. They don't need to. They don't want to. So not only drive.
4: that, right? Not not only do they not need to because they've got ride sharing, but they don't. I mean, when I turned sixteen, I couldn't wait to get out of the house. Right? That right? was yeah. that, that, that was freedom. Now everyone's so connected from wherever they are that There's no
2: freedom. You,
4: know, you don't. Well, you you don't you don't. The kids don't have that desperation to leave. Because they're constantly connected to their friends anyway. They don't have to go right? anywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That and that's that's what I'm hearing from the you know from the younger people I'm connected to. Um, they just they just don't care. They're not interested in driving.
5: So so maybe the tack we take is not one of transportation of more of just getting out and if a fun thing. You know.
6: I'd like to well, point uh, something else out that has been lacking for a lot of us of a certain age. We grew up with can evil. Knievel. We grew up with Chips. Oh, shit. These role models, these inspirations that we to
1: Hey, Chips right? came out a couple of years ago. It was a movie. Now we're talking about the TV show.
6: Yeah, <laughs> but, but I'm saying there isn't a lot of that in the uh, video right now. Not a mm-hmm. lot of positive influence. Yeah. But that can uh, add to the trend as well. Of course. So
2: I'll give you... So there's actual statistics of driver licenses, like... I found it says the share of 14- to 34-year-olds without a driver license was 26% in 2010, up from 21% in 2000. That's from the Federal Highway Administration. Um, In 2009, the 16- to 34-year-old group took 24% more bike trips than in 2001, bicycle trips. Um, At the same age group walked to more (laughs) destinations in 2009. So people are walking more, they're bicycling more. And then all the reasons I think you guys expressed kids yeah, are not. All those driving. people are just
1: walking because they have a fucking fit Well, <laughs> everyone's in a competition with everyone else. Yeah. If I get invited no. to one more of those, I am throwing people <laughs> out the window.
2: <laughs> well, people are also driven to be healthier, right? So they're like walking and exercising. So I think all these things are making motorcycling. Oh, we forgot the whole millennium thing, you know, like duct tape your children to a chair so they don't get hurt. So I think that that's a huge thing, right? Because now you can't even let your kids play outside, like by themselves. People freak out and call the cops because your kids are playing outside. I totally and, and, right?
0: Shuffling in the middle of the road today.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, <laughs> I but you know, the <laughs> <Stupid kid. laughs> sure, well, yeah, you know, they're walking in the street. Right, but there's that, right? It's it's I think I think people see motorcycling as super dangerous mm. and too scary and you know, people are women and and men they they're always surprised that I ride by myself long distances and I go without my husband. You know, I think it's just it's not normal to like get out, do things and do dangerous things, perceived dangerous, right? So I think just all the deck the deck is just it's stacking up
3: against us, and it sucks. Well, look, we're, so, we're our own worst enemies, actually, when you think about it, because what too. We, what are, yeah, well, what are we promoting on on things like YouTube and Facebook? You see guys doing tricks, and you, oh, and you yeah. see a lot of videos of guys crashing. So yeah. that's what people yeah. see on social media, and we don't have, yeah. and we're as much as we try, we're not fighting back against that.
4: Yeah. Not. Well, you know. I mean, Joanne though you, you brought up a great point right more people are walking more people are riding bicycles motorcycling already has the perfect gateway drug and we you know and we don't take it seriously most motorcyclists don't scooters mm-hmm. right that's the, that's the bridge between bicycling and motorcycling
7: yeah. um, well, and if, if it,
4: and i mean they're 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 more accessible they're 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 more Paper. approachable they're a lot less expensive. Yeah. Have, yep. have you priced out scooter tires versus motorcycle tires? <laughs>
2: yeah. Right? Right. Hell yeah, right? I mean,
4: right? I mean that, that's what we should be pushing. And, and Honda, I'm gonna, this is, this is going to be a bit of a tangent that's going to sound completely insane, so I apologize up front. But Honda's uniquely positioned for this, right? Hmm. They should have a Forza sitting in the corner of every automobile dealership in the country. A what? Right. A Forza, a Honda Forza, a little mid midsize scooter, the 300 cc scooter. Mm. Right. And any any college freshman who walks in to look at a clapped out Honda Civic, right? A six year old Civic with 200,000 miles on it for 10 grand should immediately be shown the Forza in the corner, which would, they can buy brand new with a warranty. Mm. Right. They should be shown the price breakdown. What would it cost them to own it over a period of years and with ride sharing in place now you know that's a great pitch for bad weather
7: yeah.
4: right you can you can you can ride this thing for for thirty five hundred dollars or whatever the price is um you get the, the the full warranty and on the you know 14 days a year that you can't ride due to weather grab a new yeah exactly
2: or two months in some cases i not sure
4: Sure. But, you yeah. know. That's a really but
2: there's amazing. also the whole danger thing. Like I get a lot of customers who like the other day, a couple came in a youngish couple and one of them is, is, is riding, <laughs> and riding the ride and is getting geared up, but the other one doesn't. And the other one is afraid for their person. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that too, where people are unsupported yep. by their others and by their children and by their spouses And so it's hard, I think, it's a lot harder now, I think, for people to get into it and convince their loved ones, I'm gonna be okay, because I'm gonna wear a full helmet, I'm wearing, I'm taking classes, all all the stuff. So I think there's just a lot of barriers now that just weren't there. You
1: know, that's somewhere else where the scooters has an advantage over the motorcycle, right? Because people look at scooters as not being as dangerous as motorcycles. Absolutely. People just put the brain thing on. You know, there's women in business on scooters. Everyone's just like, oh, you know, scooter. That's, yeah, that's cool.
2: Right, and they're hopelessly lost, and they have a false sense of security. Sure, but it's the perception You, know?
1: there you don't have that barrier, that that same emotional barrier of you know, oh, you're going to get hurt a little that. bit. Because we got friends yeah. who do cycling and just got wrecked. Yes, but sure. they're oh, flying yeah. down canyons at fifty miles an hour on a bicycle, wearing Lycra and spandex. It's just a bicycle. Yeah,
3: it's just is a bicycle. there a problem with that? Is there a problem with that? I, I don't see a problem.
1: Okay. It's just perception. It's a perception of danger, right? You know, it's yeah. Scooters is, is has, but... has a great step up for that. Well, that brings
0: up that brings up one point that springs to my mind is part of the problem you just described is your significant other is mm-hmm. not or in,
2: family, whatever. Or family.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing: what if you're a single asshole who's like you know 20, 21 years old? Who's going to tell you now,
2: <laughs> right? Nobody. I mean, yeah. Well, hopefully, but I don't know. I think there's just too many, there's too many barriers now, and people have so many misconceptions about us as motorcycle people. You know, like one of the things I hate is seeing motorcycles in movies because every fuck every time it's either a poor representation of women motorcyclists and or a poor representation of motorcyclists in general. You know they're speeding down a highway, shooting their guns at somebody. They're speeding down a street, robbing a bank. They're speeding down a street, hassling people. You know, a pedestrian. It's like I don't know. It's so only when you're motorcycle people are you able to find the positive role models. You know, it's just the mainstream folk. They have no idea what they're talking.
3: Well, let me ask you this question. As motorcycle riders, what is your interaction with people who are not riding when you're on your bike? Do you acknowledge somebody who's in their car and do you say hello to other people or do you just stick to your motorcycle self and just keep going? You,
5: you wave to them a lot, you know, yeah, like, see, that's, <laughs> that's right there. That's the perception that
3: everybody has. The,
5: the chair now We like have to, to this perception. <laughs> I, I learned that from Liza's podcast. Shut uh, up. <laughs> um, I
6: wanted to state, so, so the statistics go back to 2006 when we had the, you know, the market crash here. From
7: 2006 to
6: 2016, motorcycle sales dropped to half of what they were. Okay? So in 2016, mm-hmm. half of what sold in, you know, prior to the crash. So it, a lot of it is largely economic. I can tell you that here in the Santa Cruz area, we lost all of our dealers. We have one Ooh. KTM dealership left. They have three bikes and a bunch of outboard motors and, and lawnmowers and stuff.
8: Well, um, all those.
6: of our dealerships, Harley, BMW, Yamaha, Honda, they're all gone, mm. all closed down. Now, we don't have any dealerships here, and we're a college town. Mm. So you're talking about, you know, these like scooter riders or bike riders, yep. new riders, when there are no dealerships, there, there, isn't, a, yeah, there isn't a place that's going to build up these relationships with people. So I think that's part of the spiral effect. Because the sales dropped, a lot of dealerships and businesses have been closing. And then you can also throw in the whole Amazon shopping that people are doing. So there isn't that, that local gear place where you'd go buy your parts. I don't know about you all, but I used to like when you'd go to the, the shop to buy your parts and you'd talk to Frank or Al, whoever it was, who you knew, and you'd order whatever you needed and you could grab some gloves and some oil and everything. Mm-hmm you had a relationship with that person that doesn't exist in most places now.
0: Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious, Even the Liza
6: existing dealerships. Existing dealerships. I know don't have that same relationship with customers coming in for the parts. Everyone's going online. So a lot of it is the disconnect and the relationships to build new riders and to build new sales. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, and, and the dealership experience has to change, right? It, uh... What's out there now doesn't work anymore. Um, I know I tried to order parts for my local dealer. um, And the response was, well, we don't have it in stock. We can get it for you in a week and a half. Right. I I can. I can.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I can get it for bike Bandit in two days.
4: (laughs) So so that I mean that that the other half of that relationship has to be adjusted as well. But every um, but but has even that
1: issue, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But dealers
2: I mean, can't so. though. You can't expect a small business to deliver the way an online business can. It's not fair. I think not, not
4: make- the way they operate now, right? These these big monolithic dealerships. I I think their days are numbered. Even, I don't think they're going to last much longer.
2: I don't know. But I think even like even good dealers, though, I think even great dealers have a hard time. Have a really hard time competing on that level. I think <laughs> I think we have to make. You have to make I think an honest choice. I'm gonna use my dealer, I'm gonna wait a little bit longer, and I might pay a teeny bit more money to support them.
4: So and I'm I'm willing it's to wait a little bit longer hard, and pay though. a teeny bit more money. I'm not willing to wait an extra week mm-hmm. and pay a lot more money, which is which is kind of where I am now.
3: I mean I'm not
2: that.
1: going to my local bookstore to support them from books when I can click buy now and get two days shipping. Just, right, yeah. yeah
0: so i am fascinated by by Liza's example, though, because if we think about like where do we need to build the market from it's all the people in Li it's these students in Liza's town, like we mm-hmm. need to get them on motorcycles like yesterday, um, yeah, yeah, like like hurry up, get on motorcycles, you kids in Santa Cruz, you
1: you know uh, what i th- I think we need <laughs> We need like Logan Paul riding a motorcycle, is yeah. that. See, you're all looking at <laughs> me like you have no idea because you're old no, and you're yeah, out of, heard of it. He's the dude who went to Japan, right? With he's he has millions of teenaged viewers oh. who just follow him, and he's a complete idiot. He went to Japan, mm-hmm. he went to the suicide Force, oh, saw God. the dead body, and was like, "Ooh, look at that!" And the whole world starts to look at him. Millions oh, of but he's got that, that younger audience that we need. Maybe if mean. we get yeah,
6: okay. maybe we could get somebody mm. big like I don't know Norman Reedus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> who he is? Didn't you already do that? <laughs> yeah,
2: he, and, uh, he is though, right? He's got that show.
6: Yeah, he's got he, the show, but I mean they were just in, uh, out here. Sure, in he in is again. We need like so yeah, but no, uh,
4: someone the kids are watching. <laughs> that, exactly. No one under 35 watches TV anymore.
6: Um, no, right. I'll tell you what's for, for the hard. most part. I, I know m- maybe what prompted this. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of you about um, the, the program I want to start. You asked me about motorcycles, t uh, t-shirt program. Because mm. I think what, we re- what people really need is they need that bridge to bring them over into this world. Mm-hmm. Almost all of us had that one person. That somebody who rode, who taught you how to ride or, or, you know, you know, who helped you get your first bike or to fix it or do something. Everybody had somebody. And it was just the person this, who
0: was dumb and rode with you, right? Sure. Yeah.
6: Well, and in this age where so many relationships are now online, um, people aren't going out and interacting as much. Um, I don't think that exists as much. So. That's why you know, I wanted to do the Ask Me About Motorcycles hmm. so that we can reach out to help bring a lot of these people over. You know, what are things people have blamed the industry that they're not making the light, enough lightweight bikes? And I disagree. I think they're making excellent yeah. lightweight bikes.
2: There's like 10 times more bikes today than 10 years. ago. Yep, sure.
6: Yeah. Just, there's excellent lightweight bikes. Plus, you know, there are bikes out there like the Kimco K-Pipe, which is a very inexpensive small okay. displacement bike that nobody is buying. And, um, and the, we had to be
0: notable I, about that, though. That's the Sam. thing that bugs me. The Kimco is, is notable because it's affordable. The Honda's small bike right. is 5000 freaking dollars. Like, no college student can afford $5,000 for shit. They can afford, you know, like, maybe 600 for a shitbag old GS.
6: Well, and that's, I haven't seen the numbers on used bike sales, but we're seeing are on new bike sales. And that's helped... Create this spiral that is, like I said, bringing down hmm. the dealerships and the, well, the that, party shops.
5: And, but that doesn't and help Liza, though. That's part of the problem. Is the like here in South Florida, the used bike market is killing Harley Davidson because mm-hmm. they're it's flooded with used Harleys. Well, that's just it. The market is, like you said, the market yeah. is flooded everywhere.
3: You know, all these manufacturers are producing these bikes and they just keep producing and
5: producing, but they're not getting rid of so the more-
0: show think- is old bikes that people are trying to sell that are decidedly sketchy.
5: But but I think even if we get people on a used bike to start, if it's the right bike, just to get them introduced to the sport and get them, you know, that their feet wet, then they're going to ride that bike for a little while and say, wow, this new 2018 just came on the market and I can afford it. And it's much nicer than, you know, the 2001 I bought this and bike
0: sucks. I got to go upmarket.
5: Exactly. I, I I think the idea is just to get them to get them on a bike right now. Yeah. Not necessarily to walk into a dealership and to go buy something new, but just to get them introduced to the sport, to the lifestyle, and get them on the bike.
0: So do you see a lot of bikes riding around the Santa Cruz with the, the, the Liza's now a person in touch with the kids, by the way. If you hadn't picked up on that. <laughs> do, you, do you see a lot of used crappy bikes riding around Santa Cruz now, Liza? I mean, because they can ride them all year there.
6: Well, you have to remember, I am responsible for most of those crappy bikes.
0: Well, have you sold a lot of your old crappy bikes?
6: <laughs> yeah, that's true. For, for those of you who don't know, though, on, every Sunday I open my garage and run the Recycled Garage. It's a free co-op garage space. Anyone can come over, and they can learn how to wrench on bikes, learn how to ride on bikes. We have free gear we give away, uh, advice. We have you know, Emma, the mechanic, who comes and helps people. This is set up for those people who need, you know, who want to learn to ride, don't know where to go, who have a bike, can't afford to fix it or maintain it, but want to learn. We give them a place to do it. We have people with tire changers. We can buy, you know, $15 takeoff tires. We've made it affordable, and we've also created this community that we have created new riders. So a lot of it, the community is what lends to it. But the used bikes are out there. But having somebody to help you show you how to clean the carburetors. Because when you buy a $500 bike, you don't have the $350 to pay the mechanic to clean the carbs.
0: Spoiler alert, the it's idle circuit simple. is plugged.
6: Um, so that, I mean, that's some Here in Santa Cruz, we have a pretty thriving used bike community in, in large because of what we offer here that allows people to do that and to keep these shitty bikes running. So
5: you don't see a transition though, Liza, from the people that are buying these bikes to, to after, you know, a year or six months, they want to buy something new. I mean, do they ever express that to you?
6: Nobody in my group has bought a new bike ever. I have bought one in my life and that was 2010. Uh So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I just bought my 10th bike this week. Um, Another used bike. So no, people aren't buying new bikes. Why? You can get a five-year-old bike for, you know, that rocks for a much better deal. Or, but the used market. market. Right. We go for quantity over quality here
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> the used market is probably always strong when new sales are down. Right. I mean, it, right. It, clearly people are going to rely on the used bike sales. I remember my friends in San Francisco, the previous owners of Moto Java, they, the original owners, they, they told me that through the most recent recession, sure, they weren't selling as much, but it never went, it never nosedived. It always, even through that crappy time, oh, year over year, used bike sales were still going up because people are still riding. They're just not spending 20 grand, they're going to spend five. Now, and we'll I bet that, you are used bike market
5: strong. That's going to hurt the new bike market too. Like I don't know if you guys know Dave Plotkin from West Palm Beach that owns Burn Up Company. Dave does kind of what Liza does, but Dave does it yeah. not for free. So, and he sells used bikes, and he spends part of the year going and finding these barn finds, and then putting, you know, a grand into them to get them rideable and sellable. And he sells a ton of used bikes. He's opening his second location. We got a in a market here actually. Yeah. Uh, I need to
1: uh, stop it for a second. Who the fuck are you?
0: That's creative writing lurking in the corner.
8: <laughs> Stick your head where I can see you. Beneath his microphone. What's up, grandma? Can you guys Mary, hear me? Hey, junk. Uh, Uh-oh. Check, 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 check. Can you guys hear me? Now yes. Yep. Yeah. Turn it back oh, down. Oh, great. <laughs> um,
6: yeah. <laughs> I, I did want to say though about the bike market. Yes, used bikes are still selling, but 10 years ago when I had my $20,000 custom chopper for sale, I could only get 10 grand. And eight years ago, when I had my twelve grand, you know, Road King, I could only get nine grand. And now I've got a you know six grand KTM for sale that I'm being told I can only get four grand for. Mm. So the used bike market has taken a big hit. Higher value bikes, yeah. huge hit. You're talking things under five grand are probably what are selling really well. And I've seen mm. things like Honda Rebels and Nighthawk two. 50s and, and Ninja 250s that I think are going for more than what they're worth.
7: Mm. Because, you because know, the, yeah. there's
6: a huge market for the cheap bikes, so those are actually going for more money than than what I think they're worth. But the higher end bikes have all come down.
3: Elizabeth, hey, of course, you, know, you went to the one show uh, last week, mm-hmm. right? How many young kids did you see at that show?
6: Um, well, I mean, it's the kids Portland being people scene. under 30.
3: Well, yeah, exactly. hipsters? Yeah. I'll tell you. What, I went to I went to the uh, cheap thrills swap meet and uh, bike show here in Asbury, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that the majority of the people there were more than likely under 35 years old, and there were a lot of kids in their early teens there with their parents as well. And I could see that where a lot of people were doing was no, they're not buying new bikes; they're building their own.
1: Okay,
5: that's,
6: that's just well, interesting. Well, yeah, the yeah the, the the custom bike market has always existed, but people are now going into the Japanese and British bikes even more so than before. Well, you can get decent um, cheap ones, right? And, yeah. I mean, this so, kind
1: of goes
6: back yeah, to the,
1: the community at the garage lunch, thing yeah, you have, that we're, we're seeing.
6: Yeah, you had the big twins, um, but you had everything represented there. And um, over here in San Jose, there's a bike club of, say, and they are all doing these really rad customs on uh, Honda Shadows because they're really cheap, but they can they're you know bulletproof engine and they can do really cool stuff with them. So younger market, they're all there, but they're just buying cheaper, affordable things. I think it's it really comes down to economic.
8: Mm-hmm. Has anybody when, ever heard of, heard of the Grom? The, the what? <laughs> no, never heard of it. <laughs> no, no, no. no idea what that is. Okay. I'm just saying, I I was talking to uh, this guy at my kid's soccer practice, and he was 50, I think he's 50, or in his late 40s, and he's like, yeah, I used to have a Moto Guzzi, and I used to have a Honda CB back in the day, and I've seen <laughs> these guys on these Groms, and I was kind of thinking about getting a Grom, and I was like, Yeah, all my friends are talking about them that don't ride just because they seem economical and easy to get into riding. We're not talking like hipster show bike stuff, but I also uh, interviewed a garage recently right down the street that takes Groms and puts, you know, the CB300 motors in them. And it fits right in like it doesn't look shoehorned or anything; it looks stock. And so they're taking Groms and turning them into 250s and 350s from the little CBRs, you know.
3: Plus, and if you are riding a grom and you think you're going to crash, you just stand up.
8: Yeah, exactly. You just take your feet down.
1: So well, that, that I, will work for everyone but Joanne. Let's listen. Let's, let's.
8: Yeah, I know. She's like, I've got to jump off. Still, me too. So let's I, give me
6: one more time. I know what I said. So, have any of you bought new bikes in the last ten years?
5: No. Yeah, yes. I bought yep. a bunch of new bikes.
6: No, used
2: save money.
1: Versus was within yeah. 10 years, so yeah, save some money. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah I got my Versus. in. And honestly, um, I don't see myself buying a new bike honestly ever, unless I come into a lot of money somehow. I'm not gonna spend when I can save a few grand, I'm not gonna put out for a, a new bike price. Just, I just don't want to anymore.
5: Yeah, my well, I mean, that's yeah, smart I mean, when you know that they depreciate right away coming off a lot. I, I mean, hey. it. Technically, the bike I bought was used, and I got it at the dealership as a new bike, and I saved a couple grand. But um, don't you don't you guys ever get that? This thing just came out, and I I want to go get it. So, like, I mean, I'm not oh, yeah. talking about.
8: I'm, I'm yeah. like that
5: every week. Just the poster check. Yeah.
8: <laughs> I can't wait for the Nike and, the Nike and to come down in price a little bit. Mm. I want one of those so bad.
6: What are the rates like right now on e-bikes?
8: <sighs> Anyone else? Um, I do because I look at them every day pretty much. But if you're looking at, um, I mean, if you're talking like 750cc up, I mean, like a sports, a decent sports, like the 883s start around the same price as the street rods, which is like, you know, six, seven grand. um, That kind of translates over to like the R6 pricing. And for Hondas, like the, um, you know, the CBR 600RR. And then if you go like the next level up to like the 900s, um, it goes up a couple thou. The like the Sportster 1200s are like nine grand, and the <laughs> FJ or an MT is going to cost you around nine grand. And then the uh, next the next tier hits about fifteen. So like the S1000RR, you're looking at like fifteen or sixteen. Fifteen.
6: I meant finance rates. Oh um, shoot! I'm here. <laughs> my my versus Larry, was I, I walked into a dealership not looking to buy a Versus, but just you know mm-hmm. just checking shit out as I do.
8: Three point four. And by the way,
6: had <laughs> zero down, zero financing yeah. for two years. Here's some free and money. I was like,
8: <sighs> please take the bike. No, All right,
6: why it. not? Zero
4: percent financing. I, I don't financed don't. my Triumph no, is <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And
6: I, yeah, and I, you know, paid it off in two years. And I'm a happy camper. But if they really need, if they really want to sell bikes, why aren't we see, like, seeing more deals like that?
8: Yeah.
6: Or is everyone worried about extending too much credit?
0: I, yeah. That might be part of it. I mean, you know, you talk about that's, the, the that's millennials walking around I'm... like they rent the place. Are they gonna be able to pay the, you know, two hundred bucks every single <laughs> month over the next five years or whatever the hell a bike I don't actually know what a financing rate line is for a bike. But you know, a few hundred bucks every month when you're, you know, a shithead college student or you know, you're just out of college and you've got that first like, you know, engineer one job
4: that you could get laid off from at any moment, like, you know. Are you, are you, yeah, but again, not, not, not as a toy, right, but as an alternative to a much more expensive car.
0: That is true. And, and
4: under the right circumstance, it, it, it could be a very attractive deal. Which I weirdly am the post. And that's show, what doesn't
6: right? make sense. If this is all economic-based, then why aren't motorcycles selling more than cars? Oh, geez. In other continents and countries. Yeah, it's not economic. It doesn't make sense.
4: But it could be. It's not, it's, not, it's not economics because it's not being sold that way. No, it's right.
3: It's, it's actually realloc- no. reallocation of funds is what it is.
4: But but ev- everyone everyone's still trying to sell that you know that 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 rebel attitude that comes with a motorcycle, and nobody's buying it anymore. You mm-hmm. know, the only people who care are, are my age.
5: I don't think wow. I don't agree with you, James. I think that Harley Davidson still does a great job of selling a lifestyle. I don't think that they're they're a completely different animal, and they sell a lifestyle. people like yeah, but, to buy Harley Davidson are buying a lifestyle yeah, yeah, a yeah
4: lifestyle. but look at look at who's still yeah. buying harley Davidson's right they're They're not bringing in younger riders
8: they're trying really hard. I don't know if they've turned the corner yet, but they're trying really hard. And I would agree, I would agree that Honda, I mean uh, Harley and Ducati are like two of the only brands that come with like a uh, a club that you're automatically part of when you buy, you know, one of their bikes. Well, Kelly has the riders of
2: Kawasaki. Yeah,
8: I know, Kawasaki. but when you but when you, yeah, see, but when, you the same thing. when you see another guy on a Kawasaki, when you see a guy on a Ducati, you're like, oh, you're basically. A guy that can afford a Harley but rides a sport bike. You're the you know same what I mean? And when douchebag see, I am. Yeah, kind friends. of, kind of. Chris, Chris gets that Speak a lot. Yeah, Chuck. Well, Chuck, Chuck, you're a douchebag all of your own class, but still. <laughs> oh, I'm going to put you
7: in the face so hard, I see? Burn sauce.
8: It's spicy. Oh, Larry. But no, I mean Chris takes his old beat-up Ducati and his old beat-up Harley out to the track and races both of them. And he's like, and I walk around and there's dudes on, like, uh, there's guys out there on these, like, Ducatis that probably cost him like $25,000 to get them set up. And, and then obviously, like a standard Harley costs 25000 And he's out there dirtbagging it on both, like getting looks from both guys. Like the Harley guy's looking at him like, you're lowbrow dude. And then the Ducati guy's looking at him like, God, that monster's older than five years old. You you're, must be like a dirtbag, you know? So it's funny. But Speaking of like branding and marketing, like those are two brands that don't, two manufacturers that don't have to do it. You know, like you're part of a club when you buy one of those bikes. And Honda could do that. Um,
1: I'm a Honda person. You meet the nicest nicest people on a Honda.
0: (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) I'm a Suzuki person. Can we we, we all agree this is
6: all? This is all for moot, though, because the combustion engine is on its way out. This is not mm-hmm. necessarily a bad thing. Have you looked at the specs? I mean, someday, it's all mean, zero. Can, can, <laughs> can, can <laughs> not in the immediate future, that though. Electric is going to change everything, and that we can expect a huge resurgence
3: mm-hmm.
6: in motorcycling because of electric.
3: Think of how
2: yeah, easy I easy
8: Yeah.
6: I work it. Is. Someday, I think so.
3: It's going to take a while.
8: I work in the automotive yeah, industry. I'm the only motorcyclist at an automotive company and all of our automotive editors are already writing motor or electric vehicles. You know what I mean? Because, because the electric is phasing out within five years. There's companies that we deal with that are sending us only electric information because they're dedicated to phasing out in Europe. And they're like, why are we going to make two market stuff? let we're going to give you guys, you guys, you know how to get people to buy electric is only sell electric.
1: Right. do so, <laughs> give
8: them choice, Comrade. <laughs> pretty much, that's how the automotive people are going. And once that and the Vita Vita and all that stuff happens, motorcyclists are going to have to get on board with it too. And then the infrastructure is going to be there from automobiles for charging. Yeah, it's going to set the set the stage for.
2: But motorcycles are but motorcycles are such a totally different market. It's going to take so much longer because the reason why we buy motorcycles is so different. And mm-hmm. well, the reason why we buy cars mm-hmm. and I'll never buy, I'm not just going to drop my right. I'm not going to just drop my bike because electric's here. I'm going to hang on to my bike till I die until right. I need, until I absolutely have to give it up. And they're going to have to like seriously make some serious options in electric. I think sure. to make enthusiasts sure. like us go, okay, let's throw so, this boring combustion engine aside. It's not going to so happen. That's That's
4: true. That's true of the current enthusiast market. Right. But the 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 motorcycling motorcycle manufacturers should be going after more than that, though. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. They should be going after people who want transportation. And that's that's where those electrics are going to sell
8: yeah, yeah. But you know Speaking what though like yourself, a, lot, asshole. <laughs> a lot of my friends are getting to the age where like they're deciding to have kids and stuff and you can't there's no way you can get two kids and a bunch of groceries on a on even a euro. i'm sorry chuck but it can't it cannot be wait, done wait, wait. unless you're <laughs> like
1: larry, larry i need to back you up a second there you said you had friends
8: i might be exaggerating a little bit okay i there's people i know that live next to me that are
6: Any, anyone keeping score here <laughs> whatever he's got more than you chuck shut up the, the people that you
8: look at through uh, your binoculars every night crying <laughs> the people the people that have restraining orders against me i often see what them with chuck kids in chuck, the back of the car binoculars <laughs> binoculars <laughs> they're like binoculars so,
0: but from san diego
6: the thing you gotta, Larry knows you gotta, what
0: i'm talking about
6: I'm yeah sure, they're
0: I'm from sure, san bernardino yes liza,
6: yes, liza. let what her speak you guys all know though <laughs> you know we've got A handful of these smaller companies making electric motorcycles now, but we know that every major manufacturer is – they're circling the drain right now. They're they're coming. We know that Harley said they're moving their data up. I mean, Vespa just came out with theirs. Polaris, Honda – Everybody is looking at electric. We are going to be barraged with electric. And Joanne, don't worry; you will always be able to have your your gas bike because, the, as they say, you can still buy a horse now, can't you? They didn't go away, <laughs> what? right?
0: You ride right? cross country so, and stop at all the horse stations.
6: But I yeah. think she just called In the next five years, there's going to be a huge
2: but, change in the industry. Office. But they're not. But they're not advancing the offerings in the same way that they're advancing it in the car side. Okay. It's not going to happen at the same
5: pace. It's, it's not, it's not just that. The problem is the charging stations are going to be limited to to urban
8: areas. You're not going to have exactly. electric motorcycles that you're going to ride across hey, country with because the battery technology Steve, is not there. I have to yeah. say the there are more places to charge your bike than there are places to fill up your car with gas. Yep. Because a lot of a lot of like zero plugs right into a house. So as long as you can find somebody's house and say, can I kick it outside for like <laughs> a half an hour?
5: Larry, how long yeah. is a half hour going to get you to want to charge? I'm, I'm talking about riding, taking a cross-country trip. How long is a half
8: hour going to get you on a charge? Well, a half hour won't get you very long. But if you could stop to like get a bite to eat somewhere and plug in. But See, like that that is,
2: in those, re- those but, reasons alone, it's. Not practical. It's, it's all it's changing. It's all, it's
6: all changing. You guys, in the next yeah. five years, it, 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 to fully charge it within is 15 for sure within that's,
3: that's enough. Minutes. Until the end of battery exchange program, it's not going to work really well.
6: There is the possibility of battery exchange, but yeah, you're going to be able to fully charge in 15 minutes, and that exists already. Yeah. They're just stable enough to go to market, but it's coming. The fast chargers and the batteries that can take them they exist probably I mean, um,
4: tesla's not- already built an enormous network of superchargers right i mean yeah. they're mm-hmm. proprietary right now yeah. it's one of my work but yeah. they hey, i mean well, they're pretty much everywhere
8: yeah bmw oh. bmw and mercedes in the us right now are sinking billions into these rapid chargers that are actually liquid cooled because they're pumping so many volts or watts or whatever through the hose that it would like burn your hand if you were to touch it And they're working on like wireless charging and all this crazy stuff right now that you're they're trying to get it down to seven and a half minutes, which is basically what the time is for uh, the average time for filling up a gas car. And they're on the Verge. I mean, they've got it down. But like Liza said, they're not they're like working on installing them and stuff right now. And I just read, uh, oddly enough, this. uh, e-bi- e-bicycle e magazine uh, the other day and they're like in the same headquarters as KTM and they were showing off the KTM electrics and all this and that new batteries that they got that can charge in a full charge in um, like 20 seconds but that's for a, bi- a bicycle size Thing. so you expand that out to motorcycles so they're working on stuff right now with um, stuff that's not lithium ion because that stuff catches fire and when, you, when lithium catches fire you can't put it out new battery technologies and as they're doing that they're finding these substrates that actually hold a denser charge and you get way further and they charge in actually less time so I mean it's like there it's just not in the marketplace yet
6: Steve so line I, I think think about it, the-
8: there's electric to save the same market
0: so now I gotta ask though
6: how you still, still have your combustion engines
0: but how's electric going to save the market is my point is because I agree it's kick-ass and I love the idea of all the mm-hmm. torque all the time. I, I like that a lot. I like that so much. My wife said, no, you can't have that. But <laughs> same way she said on the speed
8: triple, but anyways, you're not supposed to open your pants
1: up when you tell her about the uh, torque.
8: Oh, uh, sorry. I get excited, but, <laughs> but maybe the dork, not the torque.
0: How, how is the, how is the electric <laughs> going to save it? Cause okay. We, so now the bikes are electric and the engines are really cool and you know, there's less moving parts,
1: but they're still expensive,
0: but, is that what's gonna what's that gonna be different from the motorcycle now?
8: Still get to- part of it. Part of it's gonna be that millennials that don't even like to shift gears are gonna be like, yay, I don't have to change oil or put gas and get my rad clothes all stinky now. I just have to take it to a bike shop where they switch a battery out." But also, it's not really gonna save. It. It's like saying the naked bike is gonna save it. Everyone knows naked bikes don't even sell in the U S when they, but they keep making them every manufacturer. I think it's just one of those other niches. And until everything goes all electric due to EPA regulations in like, let's say 20 years. Cause I don't think it's going to be right, right around the corner. Then so
6: you said that scooters were kind of the, um, the bridge to motorcycling. A lot of people get into yep. scooters because they're twisting go, right? Mm-hmm. So are electric, no yeah. maintenance, no clutch, no gears, get on. And go. Are you you're
8: talking about the this new Goldwing? <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> kind of That's to, a new bike, but electric. There. But there would
2: have it's to be a plethora of options to to get the. There is no. There have to be more options than that to compete with the options that exist now, because for yeah. practicality, electric doesn't work. You can't take your electric wait. on a two thousand mile road trip. See,
4: okay.
2: No,
1: no, but you can't. No one's Also, People are just going to their local Starbucks or their local bar or the closest well, showroom where there's a line of bikes. But you have
2: to doing? sell the electric to riders of all different styles, not just. No, no, it's,
4: it's a a tool for a job though. Right. I mean, uh, how many, how many people own more than how many enthusiasts own more than one bike to begin with? So if you've got, if you've got your commuter and that commuter happens to be an electric scooter that'll cover 50 miles in a day, right. And cover and carry your, your, you know, your, your laptop and your lunch. Great. And then if you've got, if that's inexpensive enough that you can have a second bike in the garage for those long trips, James, Your okay, so now
2: you've just now you've just segmented that to people who can afford that. What about the people who don't? What what do happening anyway. What What about people
4: who money. aren't interested in those road trips and just need to get to work? Right. Not Not everybody has all the same use cases.
6: All right. If you want to talk right. about the offerings, most of the bikes that have been doing well, like Zero, are commuter bikes. But now we can look mm-hmm. at there, there's mm-hmm. there's scooters all the way from the cheap Chinese scooters, which are a piece of shit, but to Vespa, who's making a good electric scooter. You can look at Curtis Motorcycles, formerly Confederate, that's now making high-end custom bikes that are all electric. You can look at Alta, which is making a race-ready dirt bike and supermoto. So they're getting into the racing field. Energica now is supplying bikes for the racing circuit, the electric racing circuit. Mm -hmm. They're Are a lot of different bikes being made that are now starting to get into the different cycling? That's why I'm saying. It's coming. It's coming really soon, and it's going to be everywhere. You will have a huge variety of bikes available.
3: However, there is a large portion of the motorcycle community that's totally being ignored by the electric manufacturers until they make Mm -hmm. a cruiser version of an electric
8: bike. You're gonna miss out. I, really? I think that's what Harley's gonna do. Actually, I don't think Harley better? would have been. Think so? No, no,
6: no. no. Curtis is making the cruiser, but the actually, I like the Harley Livewire. I think it's one of the best looking electrics
8: out there, right, and it it's isn't. not a
5: cruiser. Yeah, but it's got a, it's a cruiser, phenomenal chassis on, it, that, very very got chassis on it too.
8: That the Livewire's got an incredible chassis on it. Yeah, players, I don't they're they're think. I don't think it's. Well. I don't, I don't think it's going to look like a heritage soft tail or anything like that, but I do think it'll look like one of the old, um, a kind of like, kind of like a victory, like a sport cruiser, like so, one of the old victory octanes did. Well, that's, 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 that's what you need
3: to have something like that.
4: Yeah, the, like, the Honda Ctx, right?
8: Something. Or, like. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ted, I
6: this do not take this as an insult, Ted. No, of course not. But there's a very <laughs> good chance suck. that the Cruiser market is dying off. And that maybe the younger market wants bikes that look like something out of Trump.
3: I could tell you why it's not going to die on Right? You want to hear it? You wanna, I mean, let, me, let me throw a statistic at you. Because everyone okay. gets old? No, like, no because here's some <laughs> cool things. Now, I listen to more than just motorcycle podcasts, believe it or not. I, I, I like to listen to RV podcasts. i <laughs> <laughs> tell you, that.
4: I'll tell you that. Wow. Yes,
2: is it getting,
4: is it getting to that point <laughs> no? It's me, you it, I like to is listen to my The musical oh, podcast. Yes, I know.
3: Here's the deal. Uh in 20, oh. 2016, 2017, more than five hundred thousand RVs were sold. Okay. More uh, than a
8: lot of them to millennials, correct?
3: Right, right. More than half of those sold were sold to people under the age of forty five.
0: Oh my god, he's not lying wow. a show across All right. Now we,
3: granted there might all have been some engineers were there. Are we talking like Class C's?
5: We're talking like are they living in in
3: these and and travel trailers? This and pop-ups. Now, mind you, some of these may have been toy haulers, but it's a smaller percentage than you think. Now, not only that, I'm going to throw another one at you. Uh, Was it thirty? The sixty-six was thirty-four percent? Oh, sorry, forty-nine percent of home buyers, thirty-six years of age and under, have a kid at least eighteen years old or younger in their house. So there's it's all finance. That's why they're not that. Listen, all these people now, in fifteen years, they're going to be your gray, fat Harley guys. Well, no, the cruiser market's not well, going to go away.
1: I kind of want to buy an electric I bike that- now, just to watch Todd go ape shit when I says he can't ride it. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm kind of sorry. I'm going to go down to zero. <laughs> I think the younger generation doesn't want a bike that looks like, you know, a, a soft classic, but they want something that looks like the live wire. That's why I think Harley is banking on the new generation, wants something different. Look at the bikes that are coming out now, like the FCO seven. I mean, these are doing really well. These they, are these very modern They cool might not bikes. want it
1: now, but in like five or ten years, that next way that comes in they might want that Yeah, the, it's not, it has, the generation
6: is lame and the
0: grandparents stuff is cool right that's how it works yeah, yeah. that's why mm-hmm. I like the cadillac with fins on it
1: yeah so the the cruiser right. thing will come back
2: uh, can we touch go back at a rewind a little bit and talk about the how to get people in how to get kids in or i guess better influences like one thing i i did is i i reached out to two women one woman in California and actually just this young woman I was just talking to here in Philly and they're new writers and they're looking for mentors and they just want someone to talk to. They just want another female writer to talk to about whatever they're struggling with to ask questions and get information. Um, and I think that if we, as the more experienced group of writers can find people to mentor younger people to mentor whether it's a group of people, that might be something that would help. You know. What cities are they in? Uh, one young woman's in Pano, and that's in the East Bay in California. And then the other gal, she's right here in Philly. She's like two miles from me.
6: There's so many forums and Facebook groups. There's so many ways to you know, meet up. I found there's so many different ways to find your people now online. That's why I, I, I mean, Impanol. I she, the deans don't care, maybe on Facebook.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I I gave her a couple resources, but yeah. she, she both of these gals they specifically wanted a person to talk to, like face to face. So I skyped with one gal and we had a nice video chat, just like this, and we talked about a lot of different things she was struggling with. We actually had a lot in common, and then this other gal we met in person because she lives up the street. And she has a totally different set of issues. She never got her car driver. She doesn't know how to drive. She's from Saudi Arabia. She couldn't drive when she moved here. So she's, she was like, I'm going to do this. And she got her motorcycle permit and she can drive her motorcycle, but she she doesn't know how to ride in traffic very well. She's struggling with the traffic.
6: You're welcome to turn uh, the woman in California uh, onto my recycle Facebook page. If she wants to come down to Santa Cruz on a Sunday and hanging out, because that's what we do. We've, created so many new bikers by just you know advising them there were people who showed up to my garage to get advice and within 20 minutes they were in the back of the car going to buy a bike we found on craigslist going wow what happened
8: it's it's proof that tough love and yelling no. at somebody long enough works right Liza I heard Kat was talking no. about you on the last show yeah.
2: <laughs> no I just mean go out we should go out and we should be we should be going out and trying to talk and mentor young, young people about right. out riding.
6: And, and so jo- Joanne, I don't know if you're in the lip, I will include you in it. My, my pitch the thing I'm working on is creating these shirts that say, ask me about motorcycles. And on the back, mm. they have the names of all the podcast groups. Because mm. We are also trying to promote ourselves that we exist. Yeah. Cause we are a great, great source of information for yeah. people who want to get into writing as well. And we cover North America so um, I'm working on getting these and I actually was talking to somebody at Fox Racing about making the shirts for us Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get them sponsored so we can give them away for free and we can create moto ambassadors riders and reach out to people this way so that I'm doing that and that came from you know Robert Panja that was one of his suggestions and I just took it I'm running with it you know, any other to add to it or start some? I you know invite them to do that too. Because yeah, I think uh, I feel a responsibility and do something to try and reach more people.
8: Yeah, so,
2: yeah. Me and Liza are kicking ass. What are you guys doing? Uh, I,
8: can, I, can I, can I, I don't want. I don't want more motorcyclists. I want this to be a cool uh, as <laughs> niche as it can be. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding.
6: Said the man
2: with one bike.
8: I ride around on a side. Yeah. Look if
2: you want if you want more bikes, more gear, more stuff, we gotta get more people in it so that they can make more shit for more stuff for us to buy.
8: Oh, Joanne just said shit. I was uh-huh. just gonna say someone said shit on this fucking thing. <laughs> well polite. I mean that's that polite podcast.
2: like for me and Liza, I mean for, for women riders, that's a huge thing is we need more women to ride so that more women will buy gear so that I get better options. Because I'm tired right. of getting the crappier options because some women are riding a little bit of the time and their men are buying stuff for them. And yeah. I want better options. And I'm only going to get that when you, when we get more women to ride and buy more stuff.
8: Yeah. I think Modern Moto is, Modern Moto is doing a good job of that. Uh, sticking women, you know, they make, I'm pretty sure they're making apparel for women. You know what I mean? And, and uh, they're,
2: oh, Modern Moto magazine.
8: Yeah. <laughs> there are there are uh, at least
2: reviews
8: okay maybe that's what it is they're, they're, they're showing exactly. like what's out there that's not just uh pink and black yeah. like the oh god it's a
6: magazine it's a magazine oh. so yeah it's a women's motorcycle gear
8: fashion magazine
6: No, you're right and they, we know that women writing is on the rise and um that is something that we can all do is is help encourage uh, more women to get into
8: riding. Mm-hmm. I've been taking uh, my daughter to, that's the
6: easiest thing.
8: to every. She's, she's only, uh, she just turned eight. So I've been taking her to everything Aww. since she was about six. You know, she loves, Thanks. she knows every female motorcyclist's name. And I, we went to the women's moto show together and she took all the pictures and she definitely Aww. saw all the girls there. And she was like, Yeah, Dad. Like, she actually helped me roll a fender on my English wheel too. I was like, Kid, you're on your way. You know, <laughs> girls don't like to talk <laughs> and, to me. And I'm her. Wonder why? Rightly, yeah. rightly so. <laughs> it's all those restraining orders.
2: <laughs>
6: Stop being creepy. No, that that's something right away. I mean, you guys can think about how can you reach out to more women riders in your area.
8: Quit asking them Is that your boyfriend's bike when they roll up on him for, for one for one check? Yeah, no, do do that. Yeah, never yeah, done that. yeah.
2: I've never yeah. That. And, and please don't say "good for you" when I tell you what I ride. Please, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's how many? How yeah. many good how many for you. Thanks. Have you gotten for that? Oh, <laughs> not, not nearly enough.
8: enough. I don't do that either. <laughs> oh, I,
2: really? Or wow. Yeah.
8: I've purposely sabotaged every bike but my 250. It's the only one that runs good all the time. And uh, so I'm never like, you know, trying to brag, like going up next to somebody being like, oh, that's only a sick, What do you ride? Do you want like a 650 or a 750 or like a 950? I forget what it is. You have a tri- uh, speed triple? I have
2: a street triple, yeah. Street
8: triple, that's what it is. Is that the 675 or?
2: 675,
8: yeah. Yeah. So I would never roll up and be like, oh, nice that you're on that because I'm on a 250, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one, one way to keep yourself humble, I guess, is what you I'm could, saying. Larry, it would, it would be kind of
2: funny you're if you're smarter did. than most, but uh, yeah, you know, just yeah,
6: good. How many of you know women uh, who ride uh, on the back of the bike with their husband or boyfriend or friend?
1: I know,
0: and man. have those
6: women been given an invitation to Lots. come up front?
1: My My wife will not get on the back of my bike.
6: No, I wonder why. My, wa-
2: my <laughs>
1: wife, my uh, wife actually did ride on the back
0: for quite a while, and uh, she was not interested in going on the front until she discovered sidecars. And now it's just like a matter of time, I know, until the kids are old enough and the bandit is mysteriously missing one day.
2: I didn't yeah. want to. I had absolutely no desire. It it really was like completely unintentional and not a strategy. It wasn't like something I dreamed about or something I fantasized about. I didn't want to. It just was very reluctant.
0: Very, did, like, it was like reefer madness, the scene where they finally tried dope and now you're just <laughs> <laughs> Pretty
2: much. I mean, every time I learned to ride something, it was just oops. And it wasn't a, I, I meant to, it just happened.
6: I was born this way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish I were, but...
1: my wife will only get in the sidecar. She doesn't like to be on, she doesn't like motor vehicles. Oh, awesome. no. so she doesn't even like to um, drive herself.
2: Larry, what about you?
8: Uh no, I've only no ridden wife? behind women a couple times.
2: No, do you have a wife? Oh, your <laughs> yeah. wife?
8: Yeah. She. No. Wife. You know, uh, she does. She your act- wife know you call her your wife? No. What are you talking about, Jack?
2: What talking about? <laughs>
8: <laughs> no, my. Uh, so I
2: sense a pattern then.
8: My and wife. I'm- um, my wife. She actually said the other day that she'd like would buy a scooter. And I was like, "Sweet!" So we were going to go down and look at the G six hundred and fifty, you know, the uh, the BMWs tomorrow. <laughs> wait
0: a minute, wait
8: a Like you're not getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not getting no oh, like that
2: 150. seems like a terrible first bike this scooter. Is scooter but, like. uh, this is what you're getting.
8: I kid, I kid. Yes, I, I kid, I kid. I told her to go get the Honda NM four. I was like, that's basically a six hundred and fifty cc scooter. Uh, um, no, no. She said she she said she would, and so I was like, uh, "Rad! I'm gonna I'm actually even gonna
2: that is down. a a big scooter is a terrible thing to learn on."
8: She's gonna do yeah, a scooter. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, she'd whiskey throttle right through the garage door. I'm sure. No, no. I, but when she said that, I'm just saying this, thinking that um, excited because one of the things they were talking about at the Give a Shift is that you know if Mom rides, the kids will ride, right. and that's like another way to get your foot in the door. And I'm thinking, wow, if she's expressing interest, I know she's not going to freak out if like, you know, in in like another year or two, I say, hey, you know, our daughter's been talking about it. Let's uh, get her, you know, a a motorcycle. And
2: okay, so then of all everybody who has a wife, how many of them actually ride? None. Okay. See, so that's a problem. Like that right there indicates. Like, how do we? You know, how does that? Exactly. that that's a challenge, yeah. right?
4: And you know, my my wife just isn't interested. She she couldn't care less. I've offered her the opportunity. I even I have a little fifty yeah. cc scooter that's available to her okay. if she wants it, and she just she just couldn't be do less. You, so,
2: does she ride with you, Jean?
4: She has it? a couple times, but she really she's not 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 even yeah. into that. It's, yeah, my wife, it's just my wife. Odd you know
8: my wife said one of the things i was like because i asked her the other day i was like what would get you on a bike and she's like a bubble because you know falling down hurts and i was like yeah you'll go out and ride your bicycle on the street with a styrofoam helmet like imagine getting creamed by a car i've got creamed by a car and all my gear and i walked away with like a stiff ankle
1: eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river
8: and if I were to get creamed on a bicycle, I would legit be like, mm-hmm. wind up like a pretzel, you know? So it's like...
2: It's irrational. Yeah, yeah, weird. yeah. Well, it's,
8: it's like what you, your perception mm-hmm. of motorcycling then is a very dangerous, quick thing where that's not really what it is, you know?
2: You know, that sounds like my irrational fear of hot air balloons. I won't get in one. I don't care. I won't yeah.
1: get in one. Well, yeah, because they're not in the air. In that's
2: not natural. Yes.
8: Right? Joanne, let's build a wall of death. Uh, suspended by a hot air balloon and get you, uh, maybe that'll get you over your fear of hot air balloons, will take you up in the air. What's the, the wall pass. of death for? So in a motorcycle. Because there's, there's there. not much, yeah, you can't just sit in a motorcycle <laughs> in a hot air balloon. That's boring.
6: Hey, I want, I wanted to go back. So, one of the things, a couple of the things that have come out of the give a shift uh, conversations one is on the rise, but as he said, and the more women that ride, the more children and families that will ride. Um, so that's something that we need to try and figure out how to encourage more women to ride. The other thing, um, I know some of you have already heard this, but let's just recap it. Um, changing the language. No longer referring to bikes as starter bikes. Uh, you know, a, an 883 or a Ninja 250 or whatever we call starter bikes. Quit calling them beginner bikes or starter bikes. Because people then are under the impression that it's not cool, and they have to move to something else. And for some people, a lightweight bike is the right bike, right, Larry?
8: Oh, dude, my two fifty—I've ripped people on one thousands just because I'm so used to it and comfortable with it. And uh, yeah, I've ridden this thing halfway across the uh, states and back. You know, like so—just just depends on what you're willing to put tolerate. Like if you know, start- if you were Chuck, you'd probably only go about forty-five miles an hour. <laughs> Yeah,
6: We need to start changing the language to lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight bikes. Right there. That will change the attitude that's out there about these lightweight bikes if they're cool or not. Mine's definitely cool. I like that. I like that a lot, Liza. So... Change the verbiage. That's something that they, that came out of those meetings. Change the verbiage. That's something that will make a difference right away. And these are the kind of things that putting our heads together, yeah. we might be able to come up with more suggestions and ideas that we can implement.
8: So just hey, a, to kind of go along. Qu- qu- Oops, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, a quick question
4: along those lines, though. There are clearly bikes that are that are inappropriate for a beginner, though, right? So, so how do you differentiate that?
6: Have you made- well, you tell them they should be on a lightweight bike. Is the best suggestion. Now, okay. what is a lightweight bike? In in the big twin world, the 883 is a lightweight bike, right? Yeah. Right Ted? Yeah, it's right. right. But, but for people who are riding, you know, uh, you know, a Ninja 500, that's insane that 883. It's all perception, perspective. Right. lighter. <laughs> on the like, hey, on, it that, lightweight?
8: on that on that on yeah. that note, I think it's smarter to to do it the way Europe does it, which is instead of going by a weight class, they go by horsepower to weight ratio. Because over there, you can get an eight eighty three, or you have uh, like a two fifty ninja or a three hundred ninja, because they have the same power to weight ratio. You're not, you know what I'm saying? Like an eight eighty three and a three hundred ninja. You- imagine both of them out on a racetrack. You know what I'm saying? Like you think you that the Ninja Five Hundred can
0: blow the eight eighty three's doors off in third gear? <laughs>
8: Uh well yeah and it probably could and and it, anything over that is probably not good It's probably like getting somebody on a thousand you know keep do you keep them on the three hundred you put them on a thousand well the eight eighty three is basically the same because the power to rate ratio isn't there those things only have like and I know some freaking four fifty dirt bikes that are putting that out you know what I mean so Vespa,
6: Vespa three
8: hundred yeah so the power to weight ratio makes a lot more sense to me than the actual weight class too
1: how about we break yeah. it between Chuck can pick this up and chuck can't pick this up i've
0: created a flow chart to answer the age-old question do you even lift
8: that's good
6: chuck can he's been working out he can pick some shit
2: up nobody can pick up anything that argument's just so like tired (laughs) and i can't pick up anything except a rebel 250 come on
4: is it crossfit
8: yes do you even lift that's why I'm I not going
6: Well, you don't have to be able to pick up a bike when you're a girl because you can ask anyone for help. Uh, yeah,
2: I'm not riding in the Mongolian desert, Jesus.
1: I don't mean stand it up. I mean pick it
8: up off the ground. He's not joking, right? I'm not mm-hmm. proud, but I have show, I have showed my boobs off to get somebody to lift my bike for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
8: <laughs> One time, Larry, and we said we'd never talk about that again. Hey, I I didn't call no. you out. You didn't have to admit it.
6: So there was another idea that I had had. Um, that we are actually starting here, and it's not necessarily legal, so you can't be an official movement. Um,
8: <laughs>
0: this is a really good You need Go ahead. No,
8: <laughs> is this the weed I'm, for bikes I've, initiative that you were trying no, to get? people? I'm, I'm
6: calling it noob for a day. Um, I've been inviting people who, like, um, we have a new person, new rider in the group, and I met her wife, and I'm like, ha, ha, "Are you interested in riding?" She's like, I don't know. I said, what if I put you on my 150 scooter for a day? No clutch. Would you like to come ride for a day? Hmm. She's like, actually, that would be cool. She was always intimidated by her wife's bikes, big bikes. Um, so we're actually reaching out to people and inviting them to come ride some of our lightweight bikes for a day. We will put them in gear. We'll take them down to a parking lot, teach them a ride, and then we're going to take them for a short ride around town. I say it's illegal because they won't be licensed. Mm -hmm. But I think this is a way to, you invite people to come be a noob for a day.
1: How many pages is the waiver that you have them sign?
6: Well, that's, you know, it's not. But, I mean, in our group, we've got, you know, Nighthawk 250 and Ninja 250s and Elite scooters. We've got a bunch of uh, small displacement bikes that would be suitable for this. And we do it all the time. We teach people how to ride in a day. Yeah. You know, and just take them for a little ride. You know what I did? But I think people need to have that experience and that invitation.
8: Yeah. You know what I've totally forgot, Liza? I kind of implied it on the stuff that we were talking about before um, with the card that would go along with those shirts. But I forgot to, like, I didn't physically or uh, literally spell it out. But another thing I was thinking of when I'm talking to other people about motorbikes is not just like the size and like the, how great it is and the experience and like what you gain from it. I, I, kind of the uh, clubs and associations that go along with it and oh yeah there's like this great one that does like a run for cancer every year and there's another one that doesn't run for burn victim you know like I, I've talked to people about different things that interest Charity them yeah. yeah and so I, I that, that's something I totally forgot about that I've actually used to kind of get people interested in not necessarily getting on a bike but motorcycling in general as a lifestyle and as not just like a hey i'm gonna buy it and try it and then sell it i'm gonna get into this like lifestyle of uh what you guys do behind the scenes and that's another thing that uh on that you know getting people to want to become a motorcyclist could be is that uh you're not just that you're in this cool club now of people that are on two wheels But you're also in part of a community of people that uses that brotherhood and sisterhood that we all share around two wheels and does stuff like riding for charities, riding for organizations. Hell, ride up the divide like Steve did to get two non-riders to try this crazy trip. You know what I mean? Like just some crazy, crazy stuff that can be for charity or not, you know, whatever it is. But just the, uh, the community and camaraderie that you get. Group just by being on two wheels too is part of what you could use to sell it.
0: So what what's the maximum size group you can get away with having the camaraderie? I ask because uh, so I'm sitting here flipping through the the U.S. Sidecar Association where I literally have everybody in the freaking association's number in this book, mine included. Um, Really? uh, I don't think I'm in this one. This is the slightly older one, but uh, like it seems like there's a critical mass of a smallness actually amount that you need in order to have that camaraderie. Cause like, yeah, okay. You know, I kind of, I kind of, I like all you, you we got this podcast crew, right? Here's all, here's all the dorks with podcasts and there's a small group of us. And so we all have something in common, but motorcyclists in general, like, yeah, I have motorcycles in common with them, but like, where does it stop? You know, like I, I'm not going to be BFS with everybody on a motorcycle, especially not me cause I'm antisocial. but
8: you know not <laughs> Are you one of those guys that doesn't wave to scooters, you bastard?
0: I wave to everybody. I dork wave to everybody on general principle.
8: Oh man, dork wave is so much fun.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna wave to all of you. This was really fun. I gotta go. I
8: gotta go to work. Nice segue. Oh, oh.
2: you know. Yeah. Yeah. Go, yeah. Uh, but I hope we can do this again soon.
8: Bye. Bye. Hey, Bye. next time you're out here, uh, email or something, because I know that you come out here once in a while to see out Chris, where? out to Cali to see Christy once in a while.
2: Like oh, yeah. I, well, I, uh, I have family. Like, my in laws are in Ventura. So, oh, I've been sweet. going out there for that. Um, but I'll try. Like, actually, I'll be going in April for a women's track day.
8: Don't be Bad. with him. He's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nice. scary than you. Especially compared Whatever. to you, Chuck. Right. Yeah, yeah no, that's totally. cool. Don't worry. Brad, I'm in you. the LA area. Maybe we could interview you for the show. And
2: Okay. That'd be great. I will. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good night.
8: night. Good night. All right, Liza, you and I are the only ladies
1: left in this thing. <laughs> yeah, I still really think we need because like YouTube calls them influencers for a reason. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Logan Paul or it's Markiplier or it's Odds One's mm-hmm. Out or Dan TDM or anyone else, you guys don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: I weirdly, I know most of this. God dang it! They
8: this is so funny because. I don't know about any of that junk, but I've heard the name Marky Markiplier and PewDiePie. I don't know what they do. Yeah. I just know, games. I My daughter I just comes know that me, they're I'm like guys. Every week, every
1: other week, asking about something I'd never heard of because she's seen it on YouTube. And she's interested yeah. in it because she saw them doing it on YouTube, whether it's playing a game, going to a laser thing, tag thing. If only we didn't have faces for radio, we could be on YouTube.
8: Yeah, for sure.
6: Hey, Man. I have a YouTube channel. Did you all see my my short?
8: Your award-winning short? I loved it.
6: My- <laughs> yeah. He's going to the Toronto the I, Festival it's not, next. It's
1: not funny anymore. Larry is literally stalking every one of us.
8: Why would you say that, Chuck Brewer of Chula Vista, California?
6: Why do you in- know that? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: yes, you could say. No, it's in Utah. <laughs> Well, I know he's in Utah now, but yeah, but he knows where I'm from, dude. You got wasted. <laughs> Me and you had a total cocaine and hooker party when you were I am. Don't you remember any of this?
1: Well, no, because
8: oh, that was cocaine. so much fun. Oh yeah, your phone <laughs> luckily died because you were like videoing everything. But it, yeah, I'm well, so glad you didn't get that. Up. What the fuck happened last night, April? <sighs> hey, Am I missing a tooth? <laughs> yeah. You woke up with I'm white sure. powder in your mustache. That wasn't a donut, my friend.
6: Should we go back to trying to save the industry?
8: Well, yeah, you know we, we could. There's like two,
6: two that'll things chestnut. here.
1: There's two things. So we've been talking mm-hmm. about how to get more writers into it. Mm-hmm. But the other mm-hmm. side of this fence, right, is the manufacturers who are making – Slightly more expensive, slightly bigger, slightly shinier, year after year, dumping it into a market that we've said is oversaturated already.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: What What are the manufacturers going to do?
8: I disagree. Go overseas, man.
1: You disagree that they're doing it or that the market's oversaturated?
6: Mm-hmm. No. I think that they've been catering to the markets that are selling, but they're also looking at the future. I mean, look at BMW and the three hundred and ten.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: For that Right now. But they're investing in it because they know that's what's coming next.
4: Well, they're, coming? they're investing in it. They're they're building it, but they're not they're not building the sales mechanisms for it. Right. They're not getting it in front of people, which is which is, I think, a big part of the problem. Um, a, again, the motorcycle manufacturers advertise to us. Right. To people who already care. We already know um, about motorcycles, right? right? Right, but I mean, how how many of us follow you know Honda and Kawasaki and Suzuki and Harley Davidson and and everybody else on Facebook? How active are they? Right, not yeah. even on Facebook because you know that's mostly old people too now. Um, but how many of them are, are advertising a lot on uh, on YouTube, right? And and the great thing about that about that mechanism is you can target your audience right yeah. you're not you're not going out to a geographical region you can target college kids you can target target people under a particular income you can you know you can you can move in those directions and get who you want mm-hmm. and i you know i don't think that's happening i don't see it
8: yeah harley davidson when they uh, revealed the soft tails they did it on instagram a few hours apart yep. and they used rusty butcher who is who is a big hooligan racer kid out here he just turned 30 i mean this kid's pretty pretty young and uh, he just bought a CVO from them. He's like, he started riding it, and he's like, "Oh, I never wanted a bagger. I always, you know, liked and flat tracking. And now he's doing like motocross and TT on his on his Harleys too." Yeah. But um
4: Yeah, but that was one big event, right? Where where what about engagement since then? What about engagement every that's, day?
8: Well, yeah, that's the thing. That's they they use those guys to reveal those. They use them, they used Jessica Haggett from the Litas, and they used yep. freaking Kurt Sutter, who's I don't even think he rides, I'm not even sure. But they use like, yeah, icons, right? No, yeah, it was it was
4: it was a great campaign, but it was just that, right? It was it, yeah. was, it was one campaign.
8: But if you if you look you at Suzuki
6: the remake of chips.
4: Didn't no,
8: I did not That's see it. You know, no.
6: Neither did I. Do you know what bikes they rode in?
8: Ducati Hypermotards, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, we du- know
6: that they were Ducatis, but we didn't even see the movie. But we all know what was probably the best ad campaign of all time. And this is what they really need to come up with. You know, the, you, know you meet the nicest people.
4: Exactly. Honda. Exactly.
6: Yeah. That was a huge ad campaign at that time. And that was trying to overcome the bad biker that yep. it happened. Um, mm-hmm. And it did, and it changed it. So,
3: well, While you're on that you topic...
6: Have any ideas for new slogans?
3: Well, while you're on that topic, uh, what motorcycle manufacturers now are advertising on television?
8: Harley, pretty much. Yeah, and Honda, really? and yeah. Honda yeah. basically. I have, I have never, never seen a Harley commercial on TV. I just I, saw I, I, some uh, during the, the, uh, uh, the Winter Olympics. I've seen some.
1: Were there any motorcycle commercials during the Super Bowl? No, not that I know.
8: <clears throat> that Keanu Reeves one. I mean, if you call that oh, that yeah, was for Squarespace, yeah.
1: And and that was like in partnership with a web hosting company.
3: He right, wasn't with wasn't Really talking
1: yeah. about yeah. his bike. But you know he was doing it. God, I really want to talk to him.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I'm checking.
4: No, but I mean. Most of the TV advertising around motorcycling happens during motorcycle races.
6: That's it. Yeah, um, that's
3: true. And who's watching it? People who already ride. Yeah, exactly. So, the manufacturers they need to step up and say, you know what? There's six billion car commercials on TV every five seconds. So why don't we get our game in there and then just you know expose the people to it? You know, that's that's one of the things that needs to happen.
1: Because yeah, the, the results. That they their next pay raise depends on comes from the people who already buy motorcycles. Yeah, and it's it's a, they're short sighted about it.
4: And that that's it. It's all it's all about short term gains, right? What can we sell right now? You know, meanwhile we're robbing the future.
8: Yeah, and you know, I was going to ask. When Joanne was on, how many people? How many of us here rode bikes when we were little kids? All of us. What fun. kind of bikes? Yeah. Well, I mean, motorbikes. Nope. Nope. Because when I was a kid, everybody where I lived rode motorbikes, like everybody. And they they rode them because their parents rode them when they were kids. Like in the late 70s and 80s, just Southern California has been – like Liza and I are kind of lucky because of the weather is always good riding here. But SoCal specifically has been where like motocross started and like the Baja 5,000 and, or 1,500 started – And if you drive down to Temecula, which is like 45 minutes from here, every goddamn motocross and supercross guy lives out there. Like the Boston brothers live down here now because they're doing like flat track and like super camp sort of stuff. And like, and, and, uh, God, every, like everybody that races motocross lives in Temecula and has their own track. And that's where they film all those crazy, um, like videos, except for the few people that live up by Eliza, like Carlin Dunn and, Cody Webb and like those guys that live up there. But California kids start riding early and there's a bunch of kids here that ride and they may never, ever grow up to ride a road bike. And so I kind of feel like some of what the give a shift stuff was saying was very specific to on-road motorcycles and was also very specific to the U S because even Canada has had a little bit of growth in sales. They they haven't seen this slump that we're like so doom and gloom about. And in Asia, Harley, is making the street and they're making the street rod and nobody here wants to buy them cause they suck. But the thing is in Asia, in, in Asia, everybody over there wants a 500 bullet Royal Enfield bullet and a 500 CC street, because those are the things that like you look, that's like your CVO bagger over there. You know what I mean? And with triumph being made in Taiwan or Thailand, actually, or Taiwan, um, Ducati's being made over there. Now, you know, they make the scramble over there. BMW's now moving over there. Like, so once Ducati and Triumph got established over there, all these other people are going over there. And now Harley's building a plant in Thailand. And this, like, yeah, the way I think,
4: I think Triumph's in Malaysia, if I'm not mistaken.
8: They could I maybe, could wrong. maybe I know that they all have the, they all have something in Thai. God, I, can't, I, I always confuse Taiwan and Thailand. I'm pretty sure it's Taiwan, and they all have um, they all have like the people that make the clutches over there are right down the street, and the people that make the brake pads. So they like literally that's why all these other people moved over there because Triumph set up this uh, Triumph set up a network of like uh, suppliers, and these other guys are like, well shit. So they all go and they basically all use the same high component clutches in their stuff. And the the way Harley's saying they're going to get 200, 2 million new riders. Like, do you think that's going to happen in the States?
4: No, and no. And the 50
8: bikes in five years or hundred bikes in 10 years, like that is not possible unless you that's, step out of, unless you're talking globally, even though it's yeah, that you, that's you like never,
3: definitely a global, it's definitely global.
8: Yeah. You never specifically say that, but the thing is, is like that the you don't plan. have to say that you that's, you know, you're not specific. You're vague about it, but that's your goal. And, so I basically see, like, the G310s, they aren't made in, in, in BMW uh, bearish factory. They're made – some of them are, me. Some of them are made in India, and some are made in Brazil. But they had the German factory basically shipped to India. And they've partnered with TVS, who is a huge Indian manufacturer and makes, like, you know, 40 bajillion bikes a year. But they're 125, so we don't know who they are. You know what I mean? And I think, Liza, what you were talking about, like, Atlas Honda – and Honda of India or whatever, and Royal Pakistan, Enfield, yeah. they sell like 500,000 units a year. And Harley, oh, we no. think they're great. At- yeah.
6: Travis Honda in Pakistan did 100,000 in the month of January
8: yeah okay, in one month, right, and so we think harley 's cool because they 've done one hundred and eighty two thousand last year, and that 's down from two hundred thirteen thousand the year before, oh my god, and that 's like just a portion of what these other companies are making globally, so I think that like what we 're going to see is that like really these companies aren 't going to die, and they 're not necessarily like they 're going to market to us what they can, like Ted said the cruisers aren 't really probably going to die because there 's people that want them I, A lot of my coworkers are actually going getting sick of back problems from their sport bikes and they have moving over to freaking harleys so yay for you harley guys out there like ted and chuck freaking um, <laughs> yeah <What? laughs> and but no i'm just, i'm just saying like i think that that what's going to happen is they're gonna the way that they're going to stay alive over here for us in the states is what triumph had to do for england they only make like one model of triumph over there and it might be they're like six, seven fives. You know what I mean? Like the sport bikes, I think they still make in England, but everything else they make like the Bonnevilles and everything is made in Thailand, I think. And so Harley the triples are still coming out of England. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to do that in order for us to keep our American market, Harley will probably keep the CVOs and the the trikes here. And they might eventually move like the sportsters and soft half of it to, they already have a plant in India where they're making the streets and now they're opening that one in Thailand. They're probably going to make more streets and more um, soft tails and stuff over there and ship them over here for a tar- – you know what I mean? Like with with everything that's going on because it's not just like the money that we see – the money that we get from our boss and we slap down for our 3.4% financing for them. It's It's also like tariffs and manufacturing and is it easier to actually have a bike built in this other country and then shipped back here so that we can – Uh, partially assemble it here and avoid a tariff like our own damn bikes that we could build here. Like it's cheaper to import them from our manufacturing facility in Thailand for fuck's sake, because we only have to pay them like $3 an hour. You know what I mean? So it's going to be like a whole homologation of things, but I think right now,
6: can I start start a new tangent, Larry?
8: Yeah, go for it.
6: (laughs) What do Wayne Rainey, Kenny Roberts, Eddie Lawson and Nikki Hayden all have in common?
8: Besides that they were all flat races? trackers.
6: Great American MotoGP racers. Have you guys heard of all of these mm. guys? Yeah.
8: No. Have you heard of the latest great American GP racers?
6: <laughs> can you no. name a, an American MotoGP racer today?
8: No. No. Nope. No. The last Why? guy. Yeah. The last guy isn't doing it anymore, even in World Superbike, right?
6: So that is another thing that's going on. And I don't know that we can blame any industry on that. Um, There are no American racers right now, and America in general has not been that supportive of uh, racing of any type. Mm -hmm. The the crowds they get in other countries. Um, I can tell you that um, for anyone who heard our recent interview with Wayne Rainey, who's the current president of the Moto America Series, they're aware of that, and they are trying to build young racers. They are breeding them. They've got the um, – it's not only called the KTM series, but basically the, the 390 KTMs, it's a racing series for 14- uh, to 25-year-olds. They're creating new racers. He also said that to try and get the crowds more excited about races, they're going to start bringing in live music yeah. to the events. So they're looking – they're trying to make changes. They're trying to make it more interesting and fun. Because that is something that creates riders right there.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're already doing some of that with MotoGP, right? If you go to the go to the GP in Austin, there are concerts at night and all that business. But you know, one of the one of the biggest problems there is look at the current state of the television contracts.
8: Yeah, I think that's a racing. huge problem for American
4: racing for sure. You, you can't you can't follow it without going to the races, and and when you're talking about an international series, there, there's just no way to keep up.
8: Right. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember? like Chris and I were just talking on our last show about the Daytona 200. Like that thing has been going on since like the, (laughs) I want to say the forties. It was part of like, it's how part of flat tracking grew is that they would race the bikes out on the beach, kind of flat track them and then come back onto the road and do like a loop. And people from across the world, especially once that went to Daytona, people around the world used to come race the 200. And about two years ago was the last time I remember them talking about anything about it. And then last year, they weren't even sure who was going to put it on. And it's like, dude, like 60 or 65 years of racing legacy in the u.s like the one the one remaining race that anybody from out of the country would want to come and race anymore nobody even showed because they weren't even we weren't even sure who was going to be putting on and finally some local florida like we're a group picked it up and so i haven't even heard jack Squad if it's even happening this year and and daytona bike week is like uh like four weeks away or something Yeah.
1: yeah i'm an american i don't care about motorcycle
4: racing Shame on I them. want to, I really want to care about motorcycle racing, but they're not making it easy.
6: Well, no. but if you're talking about what can we do at, you know, all of us who have, uh, you know, our, our listeners, and we, again, we span North America, maybe getting people in a racing, talking about racing, letting your listeners know what upcoming races are coming. Um, you know, I, I listen to Larry's show and he talks about some of the racers and I haven't been to many flat tracks, but I hear some of these names and it kind of gets my interest. Like, Oh, I hear that name again. Oh yeah. I saw him at a uh, straight rhythm or, Oh yeah. It gets and now
8: you saw half of them at that. I've ever talked about at the one show. They were all there at the pro yeah, and I the know. hooligan race. Yeah. yeah,
6: I know, I know. Um, like flat track is so just, flat track
8: is one thing that's actually kind of coming up because the X games and because it's fast cuz honestly if we're talking about getting young people into motorcycles and young people can't even watch um like uh, i just heard the other day that movie times are getting shorter cuz people attention spans because of like instagram and shit like that you can't have no like endurance racing anymore you got to have like a, a supercross i think that's why supercross and motocross are like pretty big and flat tracking is cuz you get it out of, you know it's done in like 12 15 laps you know and the mains go team? 25
1: Oh my god, You're, John, are you still talking?
4: <laughs> European oh, yeah. speedway racing is the most fun motorcycle racing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. 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 These guys are insane. Oh, shit. and you
8: get like 30 yeah, you heats. not see
3: any of that on TV anywhere.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It sucks. But it's I mean it's it's seconds. It's like four laps and it's done. Yeah. yeah.
8: It's talking like about the
3: Isle of Man, that's the, the, Well, the Isle of Man's coming up, right? And are they televising that anywhere?
4: They usually yeah, run they usually run coverage on the Discovery Channel, but it's it's weird. It's broken up, right? Not you know, it's not covered as a race. It's like yeah. a week long event. Yeah. People are going it's a, to, it, you, to watch these races.
8: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Dakar back when Speed Vision used to show actual was a channel. I don't even know what it's called anymore. But it they, doesn't it,
4: exist anymore.
8: Okay, so it's it's out. Is it Velocity now it's, or something? You
4: no, know, yeah. it's uh, it's um, Fox Sports Network now.
6: Oh, I actually watched it on <laughs> um have you guys checked out Red Bull TV at all?
8: Yeah, yeah. I have. No That's I, where I, I
6: was watching the um recaps every day on Red Bull. I yeah. love going on there and, and watching a lot of the racing and stories and short uh documentaries they have on yeah. there.
8: Yeah, Red Bull makes stuff fun. And Red Bull is actually the one place too where they do stuff like on, they do it with motorcycles, but they also do it with mountain bikes where they'll take part of Brazil. You can't usually do it in the States because the fucking insurance and all that shit is out the ass. But in Brazil, they don't care. You're riding on people's rooftops and yeah, shit. So and they, man, they have the, yeah. Start, they have these alleyway yep. Uh, yep. like bombs where they get on mountain bikes and you're going downstairs. Then you mm-hmm. jump off the church and you land on the roof of the mm-hmm. grocery store and then you jump down into someone's front yard. And they do that shit on motorcycles, too, where they'll take part of the city. They'll have you drive down by the harbor, and they'll set up a bunch of logs on the pier, and you jump the logs, and then you have to climb up these rocks or up the stairs. Like, they take the town and turn it into the race course. Yeah. And then in Red Bull style...
6: Well, that's called Airsberg.
8: Well, Airsberg too, but Ayersberg's in a big quarry. Right. But I'm saying they do this, like, in the city, where where you don't have to drive out to a rock quarry to see it, or yep. you don't have to drive and pay for parking at Laguna Seca to see it. You pull up in the some European square and they're doing it there. And then in Red Bull fashion, there's probably like a band playing and like lots of European beer. And I think that's what whoever was saying earlier that, um, that you know they're trying to do that stuff here with racing, like oh I guess Wayne Rainey said with the concerts and stuff, is because that's another thing. Kids have super short attention spans nowadays, and everyone wants it to be a fucking rolling sands, bolsa chica, hooligan race where you see racing and then there's art and surfing and music and everything else. Like you can't have just a racing. You have to make it a lifestyle event now. I think for people to want to spend right. their money because like we, everything that we've said before about millennials being strapped for cash and wanting more for more bang for your buck. You got to give them more bang for your buck. You can't have it where they pay $50 to get into a racetrack. And you guys know how racetracks are. They're huge and vacuous. And there's very little usually, um, you know, what? where do you? Where do I go? Like, where can I camp? Where am I allowed to sit? Like, there's very little signage. It's usually like you just, you're supposed to know. and Or someone will come and kick you out because you're like sitting in the freaking, you know, the gravel runoff and you didn't know. Or it's like you pay fifty dollars to get in here, but now you got to pay another fifty dollars to get into the pits. Now you got to pay another, you know, eighty dollars for food, and at the end of the day, it's maybe like three hundred dollars. What'd you
6: say, Liza? Maybe you should save this for your therapist. Yeah.
8: I'm just saying, like you can't have where you're paying three hundred dollars for uh, to just to go sit on hot grass in the sun and watch a race. You got to have like you know, if you're really going to engage people, right. right. Make My it point is,
6: if, if we, as podcasters get people a little more interested in the racers and the races, because, you know, somebody may want to go to the races and take their kid with them, you know, and this is a way that can build up, mm-hmm. um, you know, young kids and their, their exposure in motorcycling. So I, I got a crazy idea. I'll throw it. Y'all. Um, you know, if we want to help improve the image of bikers, maybe what we should do is start a movement where if you see a little old lady in a crosswalk, you stop, get off, and walk her across the street. If we get a whole bunch of bikers, start walking ladies yeah. across the street <laughs> in full gear, wouldn't that be amazing?
3: Well, it's all about yeah. public, per- and public, per- public perception and public image. That's what we need to be. Yeah, we, have to, we need to improve that.
6: Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally.
8: Yeah, um, i I don't want to. I don't want to sound fuddy duddy because I like people having fun. But I do think that like hordes of bikers doing wheelies down the freeways on GoPros down. and getting pulled over is good for us, you know. Very bad.
6: Well, we set a good example by me. riding naked.
8: Yeah, riding naked is one thing. Like, it's you know, d- <laughs> re- yeah, wheeling in between traffic and cutting people off, and then you know all that. Yeah, I. Like I said, it's like I think free speech is great, but I don't like when people say certain stuff. I think writing in big groups is great, but when people start to do hooligan shit on the public roads, I'm like, oh man, like this is also fucking. You have
1: said more than all of us put together so
8: far. (laughs) Yeah, should I shut up now? I'm just getting into like this. This this is my this is my hour, man. This is like when I turn on. I'm gonna
1: send you a bill for therapy.
8: We got
0: okay. We got to we got to bring this thing home. Yeah. All right, so. Everybody, I want to know what what are you personally going to do to save the motorcycling industry and, you know, keep it to, like, a minute or so.
8: Wait, were you guys recording all this? I'm sorry. Fuck yes. Uh, (laughs) I hogged all. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have said anything Um, if I knew that.
0: All right. This is for
1: a show, man. What do you think we're doing?
0: You can make it up to me now, Larry. Larry, what are you going to do to save the motorcycling industry in two minutes or less? Go. Clock starts now.
8: I'm going to be very quiet and let everyone else go. No, it's your turn right now. Go.
1: Let's go, motherfucker.
8: Shit. I'm going to start walking old ladies across the street while I spit beer in their face and play rock music because everybody wants that nowadays. That's what people want when they think of motorcycling. They want to have fun, but they also want to see the sensitive side of you.
0: James, what
4: are you going to do to save motorcycling? (laughs) The opposite of whatever Larry does.
1: (laughs) So you're going to kick old ladies across the street (laughs) while offering them a beer?
4: Exactly. Yeah. Now I'm I'm more confused now than I was when we started, but I'll figure something out.
0: All right, Liza, what are you going to do,
4: to save a motorcycle? She actually already has all her plans. <laughs> yeah, right. She Liza, is. Yeah. Liza is more on track than the rest of us put together.
6: I'm going to continue uh, inviting new riders or to come, you know, be a rider for a day, take them out and expose them to it. Um, And also just continuing to follow um, what Robert Pan just started at motogiveashift.com, where it's just a roundtable of uh, information gathering that asked me about motorcycles T-shirts came out of or changing the language we're using to lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight. Um, So I'm going to keep following them and and adding to it and taking from it as I can and be a part of the change that's going to happen.
0: All right. Ted, how are you going to save motorcycling?
3: Well, I'm going to stop uh, I'm going to encourage people to stop talking bad about motorcycles, saying things like there are two type of types of riders, those that crash and those that haven't crashed yet. Uh. So, I'm going to I'm going to encourage people to not say things like that. Uh, I'm also going to encourage people to uh uh really interact with people out on the road, not give them the finger like Steve would suggest earlier. Um <laughs> Uh, And also, I have been uh, working with uh, Steve Lita, the uh, editor of American Iron Magazine. He's been helping me out with some people, putting together a mentoring program that people can sign up with online through an online website, which is currently being built right now. It's called Moto Mentor. It has no relation to the Motorcycle Men podcast. Uh, This enables people who wish to mentor somebody motorcycling can sign up as a mentor, and people who want to be mentored. In motorcycling, could find a mentor in their area. It would be, it would be a ten-step process where uh, a mentor would take somebody.
8: Out so anyway, <laughs> yeah, do you get a that, comes, that, that comes after you get into motorcycling, <laughs> right? Um, I like
4: that. Anyway, that's
8: cool. Anyway, so that's it, and
3: just be a good person out on the road. Chuck, how
0: are you yeah. going to save motorcycling?
1: I don't know. I'm actually kind of more confused than I was when we started. Uh, just game to remember, I am socially inept mm-hmm. in every way possible. <laughs> I am not the person you want to be the face of motorcycling to anybody.
8: Chuck, you can help by quit riding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or riding something other than a Ural.
0: Are you kidding? That thing is a that thing is a PR monster. Alright, alright, I gotta I gotta actually answer now and I should have been coming up with my answer by abusing my <laughs> so questions. Pointing and laughing at me. <laughs> no, actually I do have an answer. I am I am going to figure out a way to make community motorcycle garages or things like Liza does turnkey easy and profitable enough
1: that they can stay open. This is I, I know not, what this is. No this is this is a very I am. I am. Uh, it's very selfish. Chuck has had thing to listen to my you. shit about this. For you the just last want couple a community garage of your own. I do, <laughs> but it's gotta. It's gotta be
0: easy. It's gotta be turnkey. The, mil- the millennials will not.
6: Why does it have to? Have, it. Why does it have to be a profitable? Why does it have to be a business? It
0: has to be profitable enough that it stays open, and it can pay for its space. <laughs> and so, so talking th- this. This is my thing. This
6: is why when I open up my garage. I purposely, I do not accept a dollar for anything. You know why? I Because I don't have to have insurance. I don't have any responsibility. I don't do work on people's bikes.
4: Hmm.
6: I let them use my tools. I give them guidance. All you do is put out a bunch of chairs. That's how you build a community. Put out chairs.
4: And like that, you've lost me.
6: <laughs> and... <laughs> You can build a community. But I've had so many people say, I wish I had something like what you have. I'd like to do that. Can you tell me how to do it? I want to start a business. It's like, this isn't a business. This is a community.
8: Yeah. With business comes liability, man.
6: As uh, because I feel responsible for the motorcycle community. I wanted to help them and I could very easily. The thing is, it has paid me back tenfold for what I put into it. Yeah, I've had tools disappear. Yeah, I've given up the last 10 years on my Sundays to, to man the garage.
8: When you were supposed and, to be at church.
6: But, but I've gotten so much back from it. When you talk about building a community, building new riders, one of my you know, proudest times are when I see somebody rebuilding an engine that I taught how to ride five years ago.
1: Todd, wake up. You know, that is <laughs> stop, so Stop cool. it, Todd. Wake up. Wake up.
6: My thing is I'm trying to encourage people to open up their garage one day a week. And, and loan out your tools and help people for free.
8: Yeah. Hey, you know the motorcycle? I know Loud Pipes isn't on with us, but the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge could be instead of who uh, rides the most miles and sees the most towns, could be who engages the most people to ride every year. Maybe we make I'd our win. own challenge.
6: i That's
8: a freaking sweet idea. I already? <laughs> yeah, I know, Liza. You, you would be exempt, Liza. You'd be the admin. <laughs> I, I, I've already
1: I've already lost every single one of these so I, I
0: i agree with what you're saying lies and i agree that's how, that's how you join a community but the reason the reason i'm taking no here's the reason the reason i'm taking the tack i'm going is if you want it to go big and you want it to be in a lot of places and you want it to spread you got to convince enough people that they're going to make a buck on it and i say this as a highly liberal person in a highly not liberal state but you know what a sooner or later, if somebody can make a buck on it, you're going to get a lot of them. McDonald's pops up because you can make a buck on <laughs> McDonald's.
8: McDonald's is so tasty and delicious.
6: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't think that mm-hmm. the co op, the co op garage thing, is a trend that's happening right right now. And I know they're opening it up across the country, but I don't know if you know this. Um, none of them, except for one in San Francisco, have insurance. None of them. There, no insurance company will insure them. So there are just liabilities waiting to happen. It's a good idea, you know, to have a community and have a co-op start a business, but it's a bad business plan.
1: Yeah, I think think it's just... We talked about that when we had the community garages on for a Mm roundtable, but I don't remember what all was said.
8: Yeah, Yeah, I... I, What what did we say about that, Larry? Well, I listened to that, Chuck, and um, (laughs) I don't remember anybody specifically saying, I think i because I've talked to Dave and I've hung out at Lucky Wheels, and I kind of think they've kind of skirted the issue. I don't think that they specifically said that they are liable because I don't, I really don't think they do have, uh, that sounds insurance.
1: Familiar. Yeah, they're like yeah. doing some kind of side
0: dance about it. Yeah, now, now I'm scared. Thank you, Liza. You have
8: scared me <laughs> away from. Oh, look, I'm he just saying, I don't think it's a solid business. That's
6: he, all.
8: Well, you know it. what? Here's the oh, thing not only is it not solid business, but people are coming there to spend money on, and and lucky wheels straight up told us that they barely make their overhead. They really are there yeah. doing what Liza's is doing, but they're just paying for it to have it in a spot where everyone can come and store their bikes there. That's not at someone's house. You know what I mean? But they're basically doing the same thing. They're just making enough money to cover the shop and they're, they they do not I don't think they really make a profit, you know?
6: Yeah. Nobody's succeeding at this. Like, But there is one shop in, San, in uh, San Francisco that has gotten insurance. And apparently the other co-op garages aren't really pleased because they will not share information with them.
8: Yeah. They're it's probably figuring hard. it out. Yeah, Todd, I know one way to get a make a large or a small fortune with your garage is to start out with a large fortune. That would probably be the best way. Good to know.
6: But that's why. Or cocaine. That's why. I'm- cocaine. That's why I encourage one day a week or one day a month or whatever you want to do, open up your space and help people out. If you put out the word, and that's when I started this, all I did was I told my friends, like, hey, I want to help people out if you know anyone. One of my friends was talking to a kid who was working at a pizza shop who mentioned his bike had died and he lived in an apartment. And he wish he had a place to work on it because he can't afford to rebuild it. He gave him my number. He came down and he spent a couple nights in my garage after work engine with my help. And he wouldn't have been able to do that. And that was the first guy who came in. I let him use my space and the community continued to go for, grow from there. Right. Whatever you're able to give will make a difference in some people's lives. Yeah. And that's all I suggest that people do, whatever you're willing to give.
8: Yeah. Hey, Ted and Ted and James, I'm curious to find out what is um, what is garage space? Is it like at a premium where you guys live or is it kind of every every house has one?
3: Now, uh, as far as it goes for you're talking about like public spaces if you want to go public
8: garage well no like at your house at your, just at your house
3: well, if you have a garage that's one thing but uh, there's it depends upon the community you live here in. in Jersey it's, it, this is a very, it's a police state here so if you want to do something like that it's, it, you have to really check with your neighbors if they're cool with it but uh, it, you can do it I, can, I, don't, I honestly don't know of anybody in New Jersey who does
8: yeah because I think that's that's why co-op garages work on the west coast is because out here garage space is like at a premium it's like you know quadruples your rent you know and Liza you're fortunate enough to have one where people will show up
6: well we use the parking lot so right. everyone works in
8: the parking lot no one works in the garage well, hell, so, I'm going to go to Taco oh, Bell and start guess, my own. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. People work out in the street. <laughs> They're going to work at the Whole Foods yeah. parking
0: lot down the road.
8: Booyah. <laughs> hey, guys, let's do Whole Foods Club, and uh, I think we can save motorcycling. It's on.
6: Think about this. Um, I, I've often thought, you know, you get a lot of dealerships that usually have a parking lot or the back loading bay or something, and a lot of them are closed on Sundays. What if they let you use their parking lot and gave you, like, a room in a storage shed just to keep some tools and basic stuff?
8: Yeah. Um, I thought that you were going to say sneak in.
6: <laughs> no, no, no. I think that there is room for dealerships or I was even talking at one point to um, it was a, a an aftermarket accessory company that was looking to move here. And they wanted to give us a space in the back of their building to run our co-op out of. And they would get a tax write-off on it. Hmm. That is something that I think it, there is an opening for an existing business, you know, in the parking lot or out, you know, the backside of the building, doing what I'm doing. Shade tree right.
3: here in Jersey that you can do it here in Jersey because they'd want to charge you rent first of all, and then insurance premiums would be another thing.
7: Yeah, yeah.
6: Well, our, if you are a, they would get a tax write-off.
4: Yeah, our and, our yeah. one local dealership is so. Backwards and short-sighted, that would never fly. They would see that as an immediate threat to their to their repair business. Unfortunately,
6: yeah, but wouldn't it increase their sales of parts? Um, it, that's they, one of my biggest gripe. It, it, with with no. the kids I have here, is um, everyone will go online and, to buy their tires because they'll, you know, oh, I saved a lot of money. Yeah, but now you got to go get somebody to install them, and they're going to charge you extra. What you should have done is gone to the guy who's going to install it. Just buy the tires from him because he's going to order from the same catalog you just ordered online. And he'll give you a discount on the installation. Just make it easier for everybody. Throw him a bone. Let him buy the tires for you. But people aren't going to buy their stuff there. But if they're already there working on their bikes they would be much more likely to be buying parts from these places.
4: Yeah. It just, it, t- it takes a little it's forethought a to, to reach that conclusion though. Right. And I, and I, and I think that's what's missing. I've, I've had similar conversations with my local dealer and, and they're just not interested.
8: Yeah. they. they it probably is hard. It, it probably is hard. They, uh, they um, see it as a threat. Hey, Ted, you taking off, man. It's probably gotta be midnight where you are.
1: Yeah. 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 Let, let's, I think we all got to take off because I'm taking off. Right.
0: Thank you. Thank <laughs> and it's you my hangout. For, thank you all for
1: joining in tonight.
3: Thank you for having, us. For having us. All right, it, Thanks, guys.
1: A lot to think Thanks. About, guys. Thank you so much.
8: Thanks for thank letting you. me show up late and then take over the whole show. It You're was welcome, fun. Larry.
1: Take it out of your hide later. <laughs> sure. Okay. Good night, everybody. Right. So we, we hit like a hard wall there where we, we had to stop. Mm-hmm. But... That sounds like it could have
0: gone on. This could have gone for ages. And I don't know. I don't know that I came out of that with any, ah, what we'll need to do is this. No. I mean. I think if anybody's onto it, it might be Liza. Liza's the, got
1: the most concrete plans. Yeah.
0: And, and if you notice the theme in her plans, which I kind of like, it's, the, it's the, the make it welcoming and unintimidating and like, come on in. You know? It's the, it's the welcoming people in with open arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's missing from a lot of the other, you know, the dealerships need to do more, the this, that, and the other, you know?
1: But I, I you know, after that conversation, hearing it, I'm wondering if it's, is, is the ridership in the country really in that bad of shape, or is it just new bike sales?
0: I'm going to tell you that from the training thing, we're not really down. Yeah, um, so Utah Rider Ed, which now is like 60, 70% of the of the actual training going on in Utah is through us now. um, We've been staying really steady, um, you know, and, and what that means, new bikes go down and training stays steady. Therefore, buying used bikes.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, is how much of a problem do you think there there is? Well, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see the follow-on problem. I think you're going to
0: see the dip. So, right now, they're not selling a lot of new bikes. Right. right? Which means there's going to come a point at which there's... A period of time from which there are not bikes now granted as as dale puts it they haven't made a shitty bike in 20 years right like mm-hmm. it's been that
1: long um so. is it we won't see bikes or we won't see bikes that are made for quote unquote us we're going to see the bikes that are designed for people in in where where they're buying bikes asia yeah. india Good europe point. that seems like the more likely answer yeah so
0: and I, I do like the idea that electric's coming. Mm-hmm. I am, I am um, welcoming it with open arms. I'm on board on that. I am totally there. I, I, if the Strom exploded tomorrow,
1: I think I said it before on the show, I'd probably buy a Zero. I think I should buy a Zero. Mm-hmm. Just, you should. And just ride it here and mm-hmm. not let you ride it. <laughs> <laughs> just to watch me cry. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll just put the key in my mouth and hold my mouth closed. <laughs>
0: What have you? What have you learned from this week's discussion, Chuck?
1: Uh, I've learned that my personality type is 180 degrees opposite of, of Liza's. because <laughs> there is no way I could do any of the stuff she was just saying. Just listening to hear t- her talk about it, saying this is what we should do: open up your garage, have open arms, invite people in. I got itchy everywhere. <laughs> everywhere was itchy. <laughs> i i learned
0: i learned that i can probably be a little more gregarious when i'm out riding my bike
1: what do you you think about the open your garage
0: no no way (laughs) no i have i have a you guys remember i have a i have a line drawn around me you know i'll meet listeners in town at a neutral location yeah um but, you know, there's there's a big line drawn around Todd Private Life and Todd Everything Else. Yeah. I Which just, is why I say, I can, but I can go out there, and as soon as I'm on the road, I've never met a stranger. And I can, you know, I could dial that up to 11. Creep people right out.
1: Maybe I can dial it up to one and a half. Yeah, you could, you could do one and a half. <laughs> okay. Maybe I could make an effort not to move away from the people that mm-hmm. try to talk to us on yeah. the road. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, no, too. <laughs> Usually that works because you're talking to them that mm-hmm. they don't notice when I... ninja
7: Fetish. Just, just
1: hide. Hide I go hide in the bathroom for
0: an hour. So that's the other thing I've learned is to uh, <laughs> to, to find out where the hiding places are and don't be near them. So Great. That's all we got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone.
1: Thanks to Ted from Motorcycle Man, Liza from... Motorcycles and Misfits. Motorcycle. <laughs> Larry from Creative Riding, Steve from Cafe Racer, John from Motorific, James from The Pace. And I think Sorry. that's everybody. I think so. If you aren't
0: listening to more than one motorcycle podcast, you should consider it, because
1: it turns out there's a decent number of us. Also, I'm Chuck. Bye. You can contact us at wheelnerds at or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website www.wheelnerds.com If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL
0: on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com This has been a Wheel Nerds production. All rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.